Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, back in the studio. It is back to work. Did you have a good weekend? Really nice. Thank you. How about yours? It was wonderful. Got a little trip in there to Kansas City. It was great to get back into Arrowhead, even though it was for a concert. But it was awesome to be in there full capacity. First time in over a year for me. And now I'm staring at games. I'm going for when the Chiefs are the ones that are packing the place. So... Really cool. Uh, I was following the Olympics throughout the weekend, and I was like, oh, my God, we're getting closer to uh, China's lead and the gold medal getting closer. And then I looked last night. Boom. By one. By one. Take that, China. (laughs) Uh, USA athletes were nothing but great down the stretch and played very, very well. 113 medals altogether won by the USA, 39 goals to 38 for China. Uh, Courtney Frerichs with a silver I think the USA had 41 silvers, and Courtney Frerichs was one of them. That was really a focus, focal point, I should say, for, for the home. She's from Nixa and did such a great job. And then the bronze medals they had in, I think, 38 for that. It was really just great. The basketball teams, both genders, came away with gold medals. The ladies, their seventh straight, seven straight Olympic gold medals. It's really not a surprise because the USA is just overwhelmingly dominant. The game is, of course, in Europe. And the European teams and the Latin American teams are getting better, but they're nowhere near what the USA has. Men's basketball, their fourth straight gold medal. Things are a whole lot more dicey in the men's competition. France and the USA was a great gold medal game. USA won at 87-82, but it was never decided until that horn sounded to end the game. It was a terrific battle, and France, which has mostly NBA players on it, really gave the USA a heck of a battle. But... Hey, the Olympics is over. I found it to be a great show. Enjoyed every second of it. I, uh, you know, want to uh, to piggyback on what you said. Uh, another great game I thought was uh, USA Japan baseball. It was that was a phenomenal game, and it it was really anyone's game until the end. Well, the uh, Japanese baseball program is very good. It, it you, people were asking me the other day, was it the uh, GIs in World War II who introduced baseball to Japan? No, heavens no. It was part of their game since the late 1800s they've been playing baseball there. And their athletes are very good. And keep in mind that Shoei Otani, maybe the best baseball player going, didn't play. He's with the Los Angeles Angels, and Major League Baseball didn't allow their players there. So while the USA was missing their star major leaguers, it was Japan. <laughs> yeah, but again, you can see, because uh, it, it's almost like development of where the countries are at, because you got a lot of developmental players playing on those teams, and uh, man, it was it was a good game. We could have definitely got that gold there, but you know, silver, that's a good thing too. Um, so, well, what's up next? We're, uh, we're going to be talking about wines and cheeses and baguettes when it comes to the next Olympics. That is the summer games. The winter games are next, and they are 180 days away. Wow, okay. At the turn of the year, 2022, starts February 4th in Beijing. That's where the winter games uh, will be held this year. Yes, it does have an impact on the United States. Maybe not so much as the summer games do. The summer games are the original Olympics. The Winter Games have been around since, I believe, 1924, but it still is part of the Olympiad. So these, those games are in 2022. February 4th is when that begins. The summer Games, three years from now, in Paris, 2024. Um, what's the home country going to do for their specific sport for the Winter Games? Since Japan did baseball, do they have they made that announcement yet? I don't believe they have, but I know that baseball will not be. Yeah, well, obviously, no. 
Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, so NASCAR just got uh, done with what I like to call their all-star break. Uh, but uh, now they're back to competition, and they had a race yesterday. Who won? Kyle Larson. What else is new? He's That's only his fifth win of the year. Jeez Louise. This is Watkins Glen is where they were racing yesterday. That's a road course, and Kyle Larson is just good wherever they are. Watkins Glen is up in the Finger Lakes area of upstate New York. And you're right, NASCAR took off for two weeks. Why? Because the Olympics were on, and the NASCAR races are on the NBC affiliates and the NBC major network. So, well, if the Olympics are going to be on, why race? Nobody can watch us on TV. So as they took two weeks off. But Watkins Glen, Kyle Larson gets the win. So it wasn't the All-Star break. It was the Olympic break, which I guess could also be an All-Star break either way you look at the it. The Cardinals almost took the series against the Royals almost until yesterday. Cardinals had a great chance to win the game. Trailing 5-2 to two in the eighth inning, Cardinals came up with three runs and tied up the ball game 5-5 in the ninth. Royals got two men on, second and third, because of an error by Paul Goldschmidt on a attempted, he, he attempted to get a runner out going to third base, and it was a wild throw. So runners on second and third, nobody out for the Royals, and it starts to rain. And it's a big-time rain that comes in there, held up the game for two hours. So back they come, and they resume play after a two-hour delay. Royals have men, runners on second and third, nobody out. Bouncer to shortstop. The runner on third tries to score, O-U-T. He is out at home plate. I'm thinking then, Cardinals are going to pull this thing out. Next batter up, Kansas City's Nicky Lopez. It's a base hit in the right field. Gerard Dyson, who's among the fastest players in baseball, comes around and scores 6-5. to five. Cardinals couldn't answer, so the Royals do win the Sunday game 6-5. to five. The Cardinals, over the weekend, pick up one game on Milwaukee. The Cardinals trail by 10 and a half games with 51 to go. And they've got a series with them coming up pretty soon. Next so week. we'll see what happens there, but they can gain some ground. We'll see. Uh, also, I know it's already, you know, sad news. It's Monday and we got to go back to work, but Ned's got some double sad news for us today. Yeah, Bobby Bowden was really one of the great coaches. First at West Virginia, but at Florida State, where he really ex- excelled. He took over there in 1976, won two national championships there, 337 games, I think it was. Bowden really had a class act going with the Florida State Seminoles. I had the great personal pleasure to interview Bobby Bowden up here in Springfield. He was a renowned national speaker and a very, very good one. I think it may have been a Fellowship of Christian Athletes regional convention or something, but he was over at Parkview High School interviewing really, really a classy interview, one of the best that uh, you could possibly have in the coaching ranks. Passed away at the age of 92, had been suffering for over a year. But Bobby Bowden, that's that's a big loss. He was a terrific coach. Really, really good football mind right there, big time. Um, so, uh, as I mentioned last hour, I got a chance to finally get back into Arrowhead at full capacity over the weekend. I know you guys are like, what were you doing? I went to see Garth. Yes, I like country, some country. At least I grew up in you know southeast Missouri, so... Not only was I listening to Led Zeppelin and the Beatles, but I was also listening to George Strait and Garth Brooks. But it was great to be in there. It was great to have fans in there. And even though the Chiefs are back to preseason, they will not be there this Saturday. They'll be on the West Coast. It'll be Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California to play the uh, San Francisco 49ers. What kind of a crowd they have at Arrowhead? Sold out. Big time. I mean, and we got there early and it still took forever. And that was the thing. It was, I think it was just everyone. There were a lot of people that, we're used to being there because there was a lot of tailgating going on, present company included. But 
uh, there was also a lot of people that I don't think had ever actually been to Arrowhead before and didn't really understand like how to go about getting to where they needed to go and what time they should get there. Well, and oh, uh, sold out is seventy six thousand. Well, as as many people as they could put in that, I think there were at least at least that because the whole all the crowd all the stands were filled and then they had people on the field. Where was the stage? Uh, in the middle of the field, right on the fifty-yard yeah, line. Well, no, it was actually I would say probably more on the thirty-yard line, um, and and then they had more of the floor to the rest of the field. Um, we were probably I'd say fifty feet in front of them. Our seats were un- unbelievable. It was it was so it was so cool. It was just a really good. You know, he's a great performer, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was a lot of fun to be around a bunch of Chiefs fans that were there and. You know, it was hot too. What was that signature song? Friends in high places. Friends in low places. places. Yeah, oh yeah, he played that. He did sing oh, it. Oh hell yeah, he did. Brought down the house. Oh too. yeah, uh, Martine McBride came out and opened. No one really expected that, but she's from the Kansas City area, so she did it. it was really, it's really a good day. Um, and then, of course, uh, there was at one point um, this lady who basically held up a sign that said. Uh, um, if tomorrow never comes, I beat cancer. And he saw it and talked to her and then played it by himself for her. It was like, holy crap. It was one of those times I'm really lucky in what I do. And I'm sure you could say the same thing, that we get put into positions where it's once-in-a-lifetime experiences more than most. There are people there that night that that will be their once-in-a-lifetime experience. you know. And I'm lucky to say that I've had multiple of those, but that's what that was. I just said that about me personally because I'm not into music, obviously. But yeah, but it's I relative to what you do. I did go to see John Denver when he was here, and that was outstanding. So Nothing short of outstanding. That's his one. That's your once in a lifetime experience. But it goes with sports too. You know what I mean? I was. I could. I would count when we when we had the first AFC Championship game at Arrowhead and we lost. That still was once in a lifetime experience. And then the next year when we won, same thing. I was lucky to be a part of both of those. Cardinals lost to the Red Sox in St. Louis. I was there. It sucked, but I was at the World Series. You know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta mark them off and remember them. That's what it's all about. <laughs> anyway, Ned Talk moves to our live and local cheese pregame show on Saturday, and you guys start at five o'clock. Five o'clock, right here on the the Cave, one hundred four point seven, the Cave, and we'll have this is this is our Ned Talk Sunday, which originally, of course, and still is, is the Chiefs pregame show. Out of season, we go on Sundays, but season's over. We now have the three preseason games and then the start of the regular season. So, yeah, 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, we'll have our pregame show here. Then uh, Art Haynes and Mitch Holdis come on with their pregame show, which will be almost an hour and a half. And the game kicks off at 7.30. And it should be a good one. And uh, obviously, if you have problems trying to find it on the idiot box, you can always turn your radio on and not miss a minute of the action with the Chiefs Radio Network and the voice of the Chiefs. Mitch Holtis, Ned, you have a great Monday, and I will see you tomorrow, sir.